Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Hello, and welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing your organizing and productivity business. I am Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. I want to share some stats with you. Did you know that Instagram could hit 1 billion users this year? That's right, 1 billion. Did you know that according to Sprout Social, more than 71% of businesses are on Instagram and that 80% of users follow businesses on Instagram? And this year, 71% of U.S. companies will use Instagram for marketing, beating Twitter for the first time. Now, my question for you is, is your business on Instagram? More users than not say they heard about a product business, or service for the first time on the popular platform. Instagram is hands down my favorite platform. I love that I can show before and afters of my business's work and even hop on Instagram stories and share the behind the scenes of my day to day. I've even started making money from my Instagram account. Now we're talking grocery money here, but still. My account is growing and I'm still very much learning. Because I know how important Instagram is and has been for my business, I know that it can help you with yours. So I brought an expert so so we can learn all about how to maximize this growing platform and add it to our business tool belt. Sam Pergenzer is the founder of Simply Organized. She is a residential professional organizer, contained home independent organization company, Evernote community leader, blogger, keynote speaker, Better Homes and Gardens style maker for 2016 and 2017, and has been featured in Family Circle Magazine, Redbook Magazine, Oprah.com, Huffington Post, Good Housekeeping, BuzzFeed, and Apartment Therapy, and that's just to name a few. Oh yeah, and she has over 145,000 followers. You heard that right. And what does she post about? Residential organizing. From pictures of pantries to closets to drawers to her most popular refrigerator interiors, this woman is rocking her business and definitely slaying her IG account. And since I'm sure most of you are frantically looking up her account right now, I'll help you find it quicker. She's at Instagram handle Simply Organized. Sam, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, what an intro. <laughs> Listen, you are a woman that is conquering everything that she's putting her mind to. So we're so excited to have you. Oh my gosh. That is incredible. Thank you so much. And I am so honored and grateful to have been invited on the podcast. This is really a total pleasure for me. I love that. We're we're pumped. I have all the questions for you. So I hope you're ready to dive in. I'm ready. Okay. So with all of our um, people that we interview, I want to know about your journey. How did you become a professional organizer? When did you realize that this is what you wanted to do with your career? So I knew years and years and years ago that this is what I wanted to do, even back when I was in college. Um, I majored in counseling and I ended up taking a different route. I worked for a nonprofit organization and there was so much organization within that role that I was doing. I was doing the intake with clients and then matching them to the programs that made the most sense. It was a lot of organization with that. And then I would work with the grant writer and we would, um, you know, target grants that we wanted to fill a need with our clientele. There was a lot of reporting that had to be done, a lot of paperwork. It required a lot of organization and I, I loved it and I loved the clients that we were serving, but I still ultimately knew while I wanted to be in the helper industry, I still wanted to be a professional organizer and I wanted to work one-on-one with clients. Um, I didn't know what my niche would end up being. I just knew that I wanted to do that. Um, And so after I finished having children, 2010 was when my youngest was born. I just set my trajectory toward starting a business. And that's how it got started. 
I just dug in and started doing the work. And then over a period of time, that niche became very clear where I was the most helpful was with families Mm-hmm. And um, also with you know being a handy woman and doing more DIY related type projects as well, right? Because I know that you do a lot of hanging of your own shelving yes. and any wall repair that needs to be done to really finish a space. You tackle most of that yourself. You don't really hire handymen all that often. No, uh, not unless it involves electrical or water. Those right? are the two things that I don't really feel all that comfortable doing. But hanging things, you know, I'm self taught how to do that. And it, you know, just investing in yourself and learning how to do things really ups your game in this business. I mean, as organizers, we know there's so much vertical space that is not being taken advantage of. And I knew that was something I wanted. I want to be an all, you know, full service business. And um, if it's a scale project, I'll bring in a handyman. I do have a handyman that I can contract with. Um, And the container store has a great installation team. So, you know, there's times that I do reach out to other experts and, um, but otherwise I love doing it myself. I love that so much as a fellow handy woman. I think that's really important that we realize this is something we can do. If you don't want to do it, that's totally fine, but it's something that you're capable of doing if that's something you want to add to your tool belt. So absolutely. Absolutely. And I also, I just want to touch on this really quick. It's true that your favorite space is the garage. Is that right? That is correct. That is my favorite space. And I, I feel like I'm sort of the other day, cause I went and saw another garage last week. I met with a family who I'm going to probably end up working for. Um, I really feel like that's become the thing I'm known for in the area I live in. That has now become my expertise because I've done so many of them and I'm so passionate about that space and I'm totally fine to wear that hat. Like I love it. Yeah. Well, to find a really cool niche like that within the niche of residential organizing is really important for you and your brand because I follow you on Instagram and I just already knew that about you. And I think that's really cool that when I see a garage, I kind of think of your brand. And that is something that is really important that I think all of us need to stop and see those details. Like, what are we really passionate about? And if it's weird, that's even better because then you kind of stand alone and you become that, like that that niche. Yes. And so, you know, 99% of my clients are families and, you know, for any organizers that are either new or veteran organizers that are listening to this podcast, I think, you know, I may be a residential organizer, but if you really get in and you're doing the work day in and day out, you will begin to notice what area not only you're really excited about and passionate about, but you know what a family or whatever your niche clientele really has a need for. And the garage is a huge area for families. It affects everything in the house. It is, most families are coming in, nobody's coming and going from their front door. They're coming and going from their garage. And so in the beginning stage of my business, a lot of families would say, I need help in my entry. Well, it wasn't their point of entry. It took me like three years to recognize it's the garage. It's not our point of, we're not going to begin there. We're going to begin here because this is where you're coming and going. This is where your landing spot generally is for bags and shoes and sports gear and everybody opens their garage door when they come home. And it's just wonderful to open your garage door and see a beautiful organized space or, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect, but there's a place for everything. You feel in control. You don't feel anxiety when you pull in. Um, so, you know, that's how that became, you know, a real area of expertise for me. I really love that. And I love how you said that it took you three years because so many organizers, Get, they want to hurry up and find out what that niche is. But I think yeah. sometimes you just have to do the work, right? Yeah. Take those, yes, still learn no one to say no, but take the work that you can and then just keep your eyes and ears and heart open to like you said, totally. just what's going on around you so you can find that it might take a few years, but you'll get there. Absolutely. And I love how you just said with your ears, because I'm telling you there's a, in my work, I really don't talk. I listen. Mm -hmm. I listen to everything and not only listen to what they're saying, 
but I'm listening to what's happening around me and just taking everything in visually and really the stuff in that house is telling me a story and I'm hearing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm huge on that. Um, you know, listening more than talking when you're with a client, it's not your agenda. It's, it's what's going to work for them. Of course, we're experts and we have a lot to, we have a lot of advice to share and a lot of, you know, skills that we're bringing into their home, but it's ultimately, it's their space. And, um, I mean, that's, that's where I come from and people are always, you know, oh, it's so quiet when you're here. You're so Zen. It's like this sense of peace. And that's exactly what this brand wants to deliver. Right. I love that. So let's, let's dig in then, you know, you, we all know that social media in general is a really hard uh, channel to tap into. Now, if you got in, in the beginning stages, when the algorithms were different, it was a different time. So now I know businesses are finally seeing the benefits of belonging to a social media platform, but it's really hard. So when did you turn to social media and why Instagram? So, you know, my business, my, I, to be honest, my business truly started as a blog, right? Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't, um, I was blogging about organization and then that was eight years ago and it was before it was. I think Pinterest was maybe just getting started at the time. Um, at that time, because I was going to blogger conferences and I was reading a lot of other bloggers' blogs that are friends of mine, and there was a lot of pressure. Everybody needs to be everywhere. You need to be on Pinterest and Facebook and you know Instagram and all the different platforms. And I did that, and that was the worst mistake because I couldn't spread myself that thin. Mm -hmm. And ultimately... About five years ago, I said to myself, you have to pick one platform that you can just completely focus on. And mm -hmm. Instagram made the most sense for what I was doing because I was doing the blog work. Um, I'm heavy on the photography side. It's a visual. And then you can also add a caption where you know you can tell a story about the space. I felt that my community was more engaged on that platform than any other platform. Twitter did not work for me. It moved too fast. I couldn't keep up. And at that time, I didn't feel that it was a visual space to work in. Facebook was kind of the same thing. I felt like it moved fast and they were controlling what my um, followers there were seeing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's changed a little bit, of course, recently with Instagram, but I just felt that Instagram was the best place for me to really focus that energy. And so that's where I did it, you know, about five years ago. Great. So, and so yeah. when, so you're at 145,000 followers, talk us through the beginning of your Instagram journey. How long did it take you to grow to really discover traction? What do you think really helped you catapult to where you are today? I think there's a, I could answer that in so many ways. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's changed so much. So, you know, obviously when I started, it looks, I mean, you can scroll all the way back to the beginning of my Instagram um, and see how terrible it was. And that's fine. I mean, that's, we all grow. Um, so I think that doing the work and really finding my own space in the work, also allowing my personality at one point, and I don't know how long ago it was, I had to infuse my own personality and make it mine. And I had to be confident with that personality. I'm, I'm a real introvert, which is why I got into this business. Um, and it was hard for me to let my personality sort of out there, but I did. And, pe and people resonated with, you know, the stories I was telling and maybe some quirky thing that I said, or, you know, I made these little videos with, and I added music and, um, I just made it more fun and engaging. And I think that initially started helping the platform grow. And then just the work over time, it, my work got better and better and better. My photography got better. Um, again, I was investing back into myself and spending the time, you know, I took photography classes and really wanted to get it right. I wanted to nail it not only for Instagram, but also just for my portfolio, for the website. And right. you know, I bring it, I bring an iPad to meet with clients. All of my projects are in the iPad and it's all photos. Um, and then brands were starting to notice what I was doing. And so then brands were resharing my 
content. And that always helped give a little push to sort of give you a little more exposure to more potential followers. So that's, you know, it's evolved over time. It, it's, it's a lot of different things that got me to the place that I'm at right now. So you've had that account for, you said eight years. Is that right? Five. Five years. Okay. So mm-hmm. five years. That's so five years. I would say four years ago, I really dug in and, you know, five years, it was more like just figuring it out. Right. And, right. So let's talk about that photography aspect of it. So much of what we do as organizers, professional orga- organizers, especially in the residential niche is visual. People love seeing obviously those before and afters. So I love that you invested in your photography skills. What did that mean? Did you take an iPhone photography class? Do you have a fancy camera? What did you, what was right for you? So I do have a big camera. Um, I have a Canon and I do use that if I'm in, if I know there's going to be great natural light, mm-hmm. I mainly use it for my blog work. Okay. Um, it's cumbersome to bring to a client's home. I don't ever want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. Um, and I have taken classes through like where I bought my camera. Mm-hmm. They were offering some free classes that you could take after you purchase the camera. So I did that. I have a photographer who's a very good friend of mine. I've paid, you know, to take classes from him. He's a local wedding photographer and he is the most sought after photographer. And so he rarely puts together these little workshops that are like a day long workshop. And if I have enough money set aside, I plan for that. And I, if I feel like there's a skill that I could pick up from him, because sometimes he'll focus in on one area, then I'll take the class. Um, but otherwise I would go online. And I, there's so much to learn on YouTube. You can take, you know, there's free education out there. Um, and then with my phone, I would say that 99% of the photos you see on my Instagram are from my phone. I do not bring a camera, as I said, into a client's home, only my phone. And so then I figured out how to edit the images on the phone to make them have a look that was pleasing to me. Um, so, I mean, I think it's just, you know, being a blogger and having a love for photography and just spending a little bit of time is what, you know, really brought those skills together. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about your editing process? I think a lot of people are intimidated by the brands and accounts out there who have a beautiful feed. But then I so Mm -hmm. often ask these people, what do you do? How do you do it? And really it's a lot of it's editing software that they can have on their phone, free, free apps you can download or, or, or purchase for a few dollars and, and get those really polished looks. Can you walk us through how you edit your photos? So I'll be honest. I don't have an app that I Mm -hmm. use. What the number one tip I have is you have to take the photo correctly in the first place. Okay. So number one is make sure your composition, you know, get a big picture of, Mm. you know, back up as far as you can, make sure all the overhead lighting is off. You don't want any lighting on. Um, if hopefully you have some natural light that you can work with in the space. Um, there's many places that I've organized. I can't, I would never share the photos because they're too dark. They're too yellow, right? Because there are spaces that we organize in that don't have that lighting. I do my best and I still take a photo for my portfolio, but for what is shared on Instagram, that just, it wouldn't work for that platform. And it wouldn't work on my blog either if I was to use that image. But um, starting with a good photo is the most important thing. So just again, making sure your composition is right. You're getting a wide shot, as wide of a shot as you can, because you can always crop it in and edit it down later. Mm -hmm. And then As far as any post-processing of that, really all I do is I brighten it as much as possible. And I would say the majority of the time I'm using the um, editing tool within Instagram to do that. So I upload the photo and then instead of going to the filters, you go to the edit section Mm -hmm. and you can make it a warm image. You can make it a little bit colder. You can sharpen it. You can adjust the alignment. You can crop it. You can brighten it. There's a lot that you can do with that tool and they've made it, you know, really easy to use. And, um, 
you know, the cameras on these phones are getting better as well. So, um, I mean, that's really what I would suggest is just starting there, making sure you're getting a good shot to begin with. And I love that you just shared with everybody that you don't post every single opportunity or every project that you work on. You save your feed for photos that have good potential to be bright, clear, and engaging. That's right. And on that platform, I think that matters. You know what? I don't, I don't really, I will share what I feel is worth sharing. And I don't, I'm, and it's because I'm proud. I'm proud of them for the work they've done. I'm, I'm proud of myself for getting, you know, a family through to the next step. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, they, the images, I just feel, you know, the feed still has to look cohesive. It has to look okay. And I mean, in my stories, when you're in, in the story section of Instagram, I feel you can share a little more raw mm-hmm. where it's not, it doesn't have to be a perfectly, you know, crisp and bright image. It could be the real stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So I like that Instagram now has those two sections that you can kind of play around with where your feed may stay more cohesive. And then on stories, you can be just having fun and really sharing, you know, the images that aren't so great, but. Right. And just to clarify for our listeners, the feed is that section of your Instagram profile where it has those square images on the feed that you can scroll through. And then stories are right across the top of the app. There's these little circles and you could follow Sam and her day-to-day adventures as she's working in garages or pantries or kitchens or what have you. And she can talk to the camera and it's real, I think it's casual. And I actually sometimes love watching the stories more than going over to someone's feed and catching up on what they're doing there because I feel like I get to know the person. Yes. And you're in, you're in the moment because those are only live for 24 hours. Right. So you're really, right. you're really in the moment. And then the new feature, <laughs> the highlights are kind of fun now. Yes. yes. So, and I'm still sort of wrapping myself around that. I, and I have to try and remember because you save them from your story to the highlight. So, um, I love that there's like a highlight reel and, you know, it's, it's, it keeps engagement going and in other ways. I love it. It does. So let's talk about too, you're really good at writing a great caption. And I think that is so important other than saying, you know, uh, pantry project today, period, a bunch of hashtags, move on. You walk us through what that picture means, or maybe the story that goes behind it or the family that you helped. Can you talk about your captioning process? If you think how important it is to you and, and your growth and your brand dig in with me, with me there. Yeah. So the one, I feel like I have so much to say about Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I love it. It's okay. We've got some time. I have like a hundred answers to every question you have. Um, I want to be as real as possible on that platform. This is not fake, phony, staged, nothing. This is, it's just me behind the curtains over here. I have a couple assistants that I tap into if I have a huge project I need to move through quickly, but my social media is a hundred percent managed by me alone. Nobody else And I want to share stories and things that resonate with people who are struggling with organization. I I know that in the process, I'm also inspiring other organizers and I love that. And I love to mentor everybody and help everybody, but I really share to reach people that I can't work with. And Um, the captions come organically. These aren't planned. I, and it's the same thing with my images. The image comes, if I've worked with somebody that day, we did a big project. Um, that photo is, you know, I pick one photo from the day I share it and the caption comes naturally from whatever happened that day. It could be something that I heard my clients say, it could be something that I felt in the moment. It could be, um, you know, I give myself, I, I generally finish a project by three o'clock because I work my business around picking up my kids from school. So I usually have between three and 6 PM to think about what was that? What was that thing that I walked away from today? What did I learn? What was that feeling? How did that family, you know, how did they react? Like what was their big moment that we had together? Um, and that's where the caption comes from. It comes organically. It just comes from that day. 
This isn't something that I, I don't schedule out social media posts for months at a time. That was my question for you. Do you do it weeks at a time or do you really do it like every it's day in the moment? My time. Wow. I love that. It's every day. Unless of course I have something that I've planned to talk about. Like if it's holiday related and I'm like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to share my Christmas tree one day and talk about something fun with my kids. Mm-hmm. I'll try to plan that in, but my feed is almost a hundred percent business. So, um, yeah, it comes just, that's how it comes out. As you go. I, I, I think that takes the pressure off a little bit. Uh, people can get overwhelmed with all the social media posts or blog posts that they have to schedule out. And you're telling me just, just take those few hours where you're getting dinner ready or whatever, have something in the back of your mind, cultivating and composing, and then get it out uh, before you head to bed. So do you usually post that in the evening? Do you have like a usual time that you post? Yes. So the, so Instagram has, if you're a business account, there's an analytics feature to the platform. And, um, when they, I'm trying to remember when that started, it wasn't all, it was not always there. So -hmm. it may be like over a year, maybe close to two years ago that they added that feature. And you can see, you know, where your population is, um, you know, in the world right now, I think mine's like split between New York and California. So there's half and half. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it also shows you how many men, how many women, the percentage there. It shows, um, you know, the age range. And then it also shows a time of day for each day of the week when your followers on Instagram are there viewing your content. So the 6 p.m. time frame is across the board, the number one time frame every day. So I just planned on, okay, well... Whenever I post, I don't post every day of the week, but when I do, it's at 6 p.m. And I just based that decision off of looking at the analytics. Before, I would kind of like, oh, I'd be done with a project at noon, and I would post about it at 2 or 3 while I was sitting in the carpool line. Mm -hmm. But after seeing that analytics feature, um, I just decided 6 p.m. was a good time. And then it also just works for me because I just fit it into my schedule. I love you make it work for you. I think it makes it less stressful, more fun. You you mentioned to me that um, uh, you don't post every day. So do you have like a, do you make sure you post Monday through Friday and take the weekends off? Or is it truly when you're inspired? It is truly when I'm inspired. I don't work with clients every day of the week. I mean, there are weeks for sure where I'm inundated, but because I do a lot of design work as well. Mm-hmm that's done from home. And so I'll try to schedule at least one day a week where I'm just doing design work from home. And then I also have like an admin day that I'm working from home on invoicing. And, um, I, that's also the day that I send out my quotes to any new clients that I may have gone to consult with. So I'd say like two to three days a week, I'm hands-on right now. It could be more, but because it's such a physical job and I have so many other things to, that I have to manage, I can't just, I can't physically be in all the places five days a week. So I have a backlog of photos and projects. So I could post seven days a week and just pull from old images that I have that I have not shared yet. But in general, I would post on a day that I've organized with clients. Right. So it could be five days a week. It could be two days a week. I mean, I think if I look at my feed right now, the last time I posted might've been Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Um, so it just depends. And it depends on my personal life, what's going on right now. It's the end of the school year and I have a lot of activities going on with my kids. So I'm not really organizing. I took some time off to be with them and be engaged in the last couple weeks of school. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just kind of go with the flow. I really don't make Instagram so structured. I feel like, I feel like so many people really make it structured and they really hyper-focus on things that aren't really necessary. And what we need to remember is the people on the other end. I really don't like to call them followers. I like to call them friends. Yeah. I like, they are friends. They, they reach out to me, they message me, they comment in the comment section. I respond to them. Um, people, my point is people pick up on that and it's a turnoff. 
I think you really, we should be more personal mm-hmm. and less structured over there. And I mean, it could be said across all the platforms, but because I'm Instagram focused, I'm going to talk about that. And, um, again, I hear from people all the time, how much they love it. They love that. It's, they, they feel that it's relatable and that if there's one thing that I can do on that platform is to keep it that way. I don't want that to change. So the idea of ever turning it over to somebody else to manage does not feel right to me at all. It, mm-hmm. It's just, I just want it to be real and genuine forever for as long as Instagram's here, because we all know Instagram may not be here forever. There may right. be another platform that comes along and I try to remind organizers and other bloggers that I know all the time that, you know, you're putting so much of your energy into this platform and just remember that may go away one day, but you still have a business. You know, you, I still have my business and other things going on. And so if Instagram disappeared tomorrow, I'd be okay. Right. I, I love that we've built this community, but I still think we need to keep it in perspective a little bit and, and also create a positive community over there. Right. Where we're supporting each other and it's not a competition. Who's going to get the most numbers? Who's going to get the most followers? Who's going to get the most reposts? You know, it's, it's about building a positive community. I think that's a really important message to share with everyone listening because it can get, you can feel like you're missing out. Like, oh, I only have this many friends or followers, but you know, and I've read so many articles where it's like, right. But sometimes when you have smaller accounts, you have crazy high engagement rates because you're able to, you know, you have a smaller group of people to respond to. And there are opportunities that large accounts can, can bring, uh, businesses. So there is just win-wins all around. And, uh, it's working for you, but then I have, so I have a question for you there. What up, why do you continue then to use Instagram? What opportunities has Instagram brought you where you feel it's still important to stay on the platform, keep adding beautiful photos? Is it the clients you're getting? Is it brand sponsorships? What, what is it affording you? So it's, it's definitely affording me both of those points you made, but also, um, it's allowing me to have an online portfolio mm-hmm. sort of, you know, cause I mm-hmm. sort of look at that. I look at Instagram as an extension of the blog, an extension of my portfolio. And it's just, it's easy to pull up an Instagram account and say, Oh, okay, well here's, I could walk into someone's home for a consultation and just show them my Instagram feed. I wouldn't cause it's too small. Like I want to bring my iPad. I want to bring a bigger screen, but um, yeah, I think, you know, for sure, both of your points are valid. And it, but yet it's only been, I'd say in the last year that clients have started reaching out to me from finding my Instagram account. Whereas most of my business is word of mouth referral from one mom to another. Mm -hmm. And I've built a business here in my local area. So people can find me online if they search professional organizer in the Walnut Creek, California area. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but it's mainly word of mouth referral. But in the last year, I've noticed, you know, more people are coming through and thankfully they will come through and go to the website and email me through the website and say, I found your Instagram. Right. Because sometimes I'll get, I'll lose them if they end up in my direct messenger area. Um, yeah. And then the brands, the brands notice the community. They notice the community. They notice the photography. And that's why they reach out because they want their product showcased beautifully, but, um, and genuinely, but then they do also see the reach that the platform has. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I mean, I, I personally love Instagram, but I love it because of what I built that platform to be for, for this business. Mm -hmm. You know, like I was saying, Twitter didn't feel right to me. This just feels good to me. This doesn't feel like work. It feels like fun. Yes. And I love that. So, and it sounds to me like Instagram is great and all, and you have a lot of success on that platform, but it sounds to me like you really love it when it brings people to your home on the web, because that's your asset. That's something that 
Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, they can't take away from you is having people come to that home. So would you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I love it when they come to the blog and they see, I mean, there's eight years worth of content on the blog and there's so much there. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I love having them over there. I know that it's so hard to read blogs nowadays. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even I'm, I subscribe to like a hundred or more blogs and I don't have time to read them all. Right. Yeah. It's always good, especially for potential clients to have them go to your website and see you're not just some social media platform. You actually run a business. You can go to the about page. You can go to the portfolio page. There's an actual contact form that you can fill out. You know, it's it's just more. Right. Right. So can you talk to us about hashtags. I feel like a lot of people like, okay, I get it. I take a beautiful picture. I upload it. I write a story. Got it. Can handle that. What about these hashtags? Like, what do they mean? Do they actually help? Do you have any strategy that you can share with our listeners to clarify what those are all about and how we can use hashtags to help our account get discovered? Yes. So if you, hashtags are meant to, well, and now you can search on Instagram by hashtag. And I think you can even follow by hashtags now. Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think if you, I have a few hashtags I've created for myself, like the Sunday fridge that you mentioned in the intro. Um, It's SO Sunday fridge. Um, And so you can create your own that people can then follow. Um, If you want to work with a brand or you, um, you're hoping maybe a brand will notice that you're using their product a lot for the, maybe you have a hope that they'll repost it. Every brand, for example, Pottery Barn, Mm -hmm. they have their own hashtag. And so adding those hashtags are going to get you exposure and get you noticed by those brands. Um, And then there's just the general hashtags, you know, like interior design, which probably has like 15 million hashtags. (laughs) Um, So it just, it depends on what you're trying to do with, you know, are you trying to get exposure? Are you trying to have more, you know, more people find you, more brands finding you? That's sort of the strategy I believe behind those. Got it. Ah, so much good information. We are going to take a quick break to hear a message from Napo, but when we're back, I've got a few more questions for Sam and her awesome Instagram and business skills. So we will be right back. The Acceleration Learning Series offered by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals includes Ask the Organizer panels, Business Building Block Sessions, and Connecting with Corporate Partner Presentations. These one-hour conference calls are only available to NAPO members. Visit napo.net to learn more about membership and our Acceleration Learning Series. Okay, we are back. I've got Sam Pregenzer here. She is an Instagram extraordinaire. Just to remind you, her handle is Simply Organized on Instagram. Okay, so we've talked about hashtags. We've talked about uh, photography, which Sam agrees. It's very important to, to take careful photography, to not upload just anything. And I wanted to ask you about that too. You mentioned that most of your posts are business-related And I know that some accounts that I see will sprinkle in business and then personal family stuff. How do you feel about that when it comes to professional organizers or even productivity consultants who want to start an Instagram account? Should they just focus on their business photography or is adding family personal stuff a good thing too? Or is it personal choice? I mean, I think it's personal choice. I think so many people following on Instagram, they're so finicky, I've noticed, you know, because I've been posting for so long and I see what resonates and what doesn't. Yes. I, I personally don't share pictures of my kids. That's a personal choice. I've made a personal choice, um, to do certain things. I feel like I'm able to infuse my personality. I'm able to show a lot in stories, the captions, and I respond to people. You can see a lot as well on my blog when it comes to real personality and more images of my house and stuff. Um, I think it's a personal decision to make. Um, I don't think there's a wrong way or a right way to do it either. Mm -hmm. I do know that when I have shared personal things, the engagement is much lower than it is if I share an organized space. And I think that's just because the, the people that have chosen to join the platform and follow along, 
they want to see those images. I don't know that they necessarily want to see pictures of my kids or where I went on a trip or, you know, cause the feed is about organization. Right. And so earlier in my time that I spent on Instagram, I would share a little bit more personal stuff, but I found that the more business focused, I kept it, the more the platform grew, the more followers the account gained. Mm-hmm. So I think it really, it's up to you, number one, and what you're comfortable with. And then just pay attention. Once you start posting, notice what type of engagement are you getting? If you're noticing that things are not going well, when you share personal things, then don't, or don't care at all. I mean, I feel like just do what you feel you want to do. It's make it yours. And the people who want to be there in your community are going to stay. Right. Whether, whatever you post, no matter what you post, you're dedicated crew of people are going to stay. Right. I love it. What, so what is your most popular, what are your most popular posts? What gets the most engagement? So for sure, the refrigerator, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is hysterical. Because, I think it's funny too, but I love it. I love your refrigerator oh picture. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's, and again, I mean, I, I actually took a video and you can find the video on my website of what my actual refrigerator looks like. It is the tiniest refrigerator on earth because I have a very small kitchen. People Mm -hmm. think, they see that image and they think, wow, how big is your fridge? What model is that? What is, you know, people want to know. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you don't want to (laughs) know. It's the tiniest refrigerator. And I've, what I've done is I've just made the most of that space. Mm -hmm. Right. And it, it just is a testament to the work that we do. It doesn't matter how much space you have. It matters how you use it. Right. And I have figured out a way to make it work for our family and people love seeing that fridge and I love organizing it every week. So that's a big top hit. Um, I would say I get a lot of engagement if it's a pantry Mm -hmm. that I've organized. A garage gets a lot of engagement. Um, I would say those are probably the top three mm-hmm. on Instagram. I wonder, I wonder if that's because the, the kitchen pantries and garages are huge pain points for Americans because these are our spaces that we're in all the time, all day long, and families yeah. just don't know how to get a hold of them. So when they see that it's possible through working with someone like you, they're like, I want more of this. I want mine to look just like that. Do you think maybe... Right paying attention to those sorts of things. Like you said, I know because I, I, I follow your account as well, that you talk about meal prep and, and organizing your, your fridge every week. So you're like, wait, mm-hmm. that's something that I do really well. I should talk about that because that's what I yes. know. Yes. Yes. And like you said, these are things people, it's tangible. They can feel it. They're like, yes, this is a struggle that I am having. I want that. I see that you're doing that. You're a busy mom. I have three kids. I'm busy. I run a business. I would not do well every week if I didn't have some sort of structure around meal planning because Mm -hmm. we have to have breakfast in the morning and get out the door. I make lunch almost every day for all three kids. And then at the end of the day, it's dinner. And so taking the stress off my shoulders and having everything planned out for the week and you're just going week by week. There's, you don't have to plan out a month and it, it just feels good to clean it out once a week and open that door. You're, you're accessing your refrigerator a minimum of five times a day. Right. I mean, I wonder if there's a stat on that. (laughs) How many (laughs) times people are accessing their refrigerator and opening that door individually? Like I, I guess I would open it, I don't know, maybe 10 times a day, but it's just Easily. great to open it and it's, everything's where you need it. And, um, you know what you have, you know what you've planned for, for the week. And, um, right. Yeah, and I think it's something that people can relate to and that's, and that's it. I feel like it's so simple. And so I, I encourage our listeners right now to see what is it that you rock out in your own home or with or week after week with clients. They're like, even if it's like an awesome, you know, I'll call it a junk drawer, you know, have the junk drawer. Sure. Just have it organized. We all know that the listeners, we all know that. But if that's your like, if that's your like thing, mm-hmm. show pictures of it, talk about how you get there. And, and I know from following you, you, you post in refrigerator interiors often, and I feel mm-hmm. like your followers love it. Keep it coming. 
Like yeah, you don't have it. to do it just once and done. Like you repeat that content because it's so right. awesome <laughs> and simple yeah. and great. Yeah. Right. And it's something that I'm doing once a week and the contents change every week. They're not exactly the same. Um, and I love trying out different containers and sharing what containers those are. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I have to ask you, what do you think the biggest, the, one or two mistakes that some Instagram accounts are making that you would love to just give a nice little nudge and say, you know, if you change this one thing in your account, you might, you might have better engagement or acquire more friends or anything like that. Is there like a tip you could share with some of us who are struggling? Mm. So I would definitely, number one would definitely be the photography because that's the first thing that's going to capture somebody. And mm-hmm. I'll notice, I'll notice immediately if the photo is, is offset or not, you can quickly straighten an image. I've seen a lot of like they're tilted. They're not straight and, um, or they're just not bright enough. You really want it to be bright and crisp. Um, so definitely the photography, I don't, I don't know that I would have another tip. I think, cause that is the first thing that captures somebody. Great. Is I that think that's, and that's simple. And I think you're right. That's the one thing that I see it. I'm like, what am I looking at? Oh, it's a drawer with, with folded <laughs> t-shirts. Oh, okay. Right. You want to make yeah. sure that you know what you're sharing in case they don't read your caption. That's right. So, yeah. So, um, great. So, I mean, there are a million other questions that I could ask you right now. Um, but before I ask, you know, I know, right. Before I ask you my last question, I want to talk about real quick, any other, um, aspects of marketing that you think are really important for organizers today. I know you mentioned that it's really hard to read blogs and keep up with blogs and you're a big blogger. So are you still focusing on your blog as much as you once were, or have you kind of toned it down since now you also have Instagram? Are there other things that you're doing? Uh, I would, I wish like my perfect dream is to at least have one day a week where I can just sit and write and blog. It's just, to be honest, it's the time. I just don't have enough time anymore. Um, I would, I would love to blog more because it's like, really, I feel like it's the heart of where this business started. And I, yeah, I just, I love it so much. I, I want to get back to it. So in a perfect world, I would have at least one day. I, I need another day in the week <laughs> right? just for blogging because I don't, I don't ever want to let that go. Do you think, do you think it's still important for business owners in our industry to still have an active blog? Yes. And it, I don't think it has to be, you know, I have a second website now for my in-person services business. And it's been so refreshing to update that blog because I don't put a lot of commentary. It's just the images that I'm putting into the blog posts. And so it takes less time. Whereas my other blog people want to read it. They want to hear a story. I'm sharing information. I'm sharing how I completed a project. There's more writing involved in that. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's still, I think it's still important to have engagement of some kind and having a blog writing sort of puts you in the expert category, right? People are looking to you as an expert. And so they say, I'm going to go read what Sam has to say because she's an expert in garage organization. I want to read what she has to say. She's hands on doing the work almost every day. And I want to know how she organized this space. I want to see the before and the after. And you can sort of carve your little niche as an expert. And the other thing too, to keep in mind, you know, my partnership with Better Homes and Gardens magazine, for example, magazines are seeing that blog and then they come to you as an expert. I would not have been in Better Homes and Gardens magazine this spring had I not had a blog that was showcasing all of my before and afters and they were able to read the stories when they got on the phone with me and they had done their research. They knew everything that I had, I, I was even blown away. I'm like, how did you guys know as much as you do? And they're like, well, all we had to do, go do was read your blog. We see yeah. all the photos. We see your commentary. I mean, there's eight years of content. We love what you're doing. It's real. It's authentic. It's before and afters. And that's what we want. So ha- if I didn't have that blog, that would not have happened. Right. Um, I think it, and then it just also, um, it builds again, that positive, good community. Mm-hmm people can come and hang out and read about a project or, and if they choose to pin it, you know, then you're getting more 
community members showing up to take a look at it. And so right. I, I do think it's, I do think it's important. I don't think you need to put so much pressure on, um, it doesn't have to be, you know, 2000 words written into the blog post. I think just get some good images and just write from the heart. Mm -hmm. And, um, I write more conversational. Mm -hmm. I don't, you know, I'm not an author or anything. Right. <laughs> I just keep it real, but no, I, I think it is important. That was a good question. I think it is. How often are you posting new content on your blog, either blog these days? It's really, it comes down to when I have the time to do it. I would say on average, it's like once a week. Okay. Um, and as a matter of fact, there's a really good blog post that went up last night about Ooh. social media copyright. Oh. Because that's a big topic. It's a hot button for me because, and I don't know, you can tell me if we should continue talking about that during this interview, but um, uh, in this, in the world of social media right now, it's just too easy for people to take images without consent okay. and share them on their feed. And so I, I, I'm writing a blog series right now. The first post went up yesterday um, and I'll finish the second one and then share that. And then I'm going to ask my attorney. My attorney is, she works with online creatives and like creative entrepreneur types. Mm -hmm. And she focuses a lot on um, copyright because it's, you know, it's just too easy now to grab an image and use it and share it as your own without properly crediting or even asking to begin with. And, um, I've noticed a lot that that's been happening. And so it's something that I want to help educate and inform Yep, and sort of build a pot again, building a positive community around that and saying, you know, we can, we can do this the right way without upsetting people by taking right. images and reposting them and using them as your own. So is that the key? I, I know a lot on Instagram, people will say, whatever, I'll make this up. Happy Saturday. This image really inspired me of this organized refrigerator. Have a great day. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. So you're saying if it's not, if it's your photo on, on my account, the problem is, is that I didn't A, ask you and also B, tag you. Is that what you're saying? Yes. So there, well, I, there's been many, many, many examples <laughs> Um, that's one of them. I think number one is, I think the first, the very, a very good first step is not to share until you know where the image originated from, because I'm, and I may be a little more sensitive to it because these are my clients' homes. They're not, it's right. not my home. It's somebody else's space and they gave me permission to share it for my portfolio. But, um, you know, just reach out to the originator and ask, is it okay if I share it? And if, if it is, then they'll tell you how they would prefer it to be shared. I personally would prefer if you immediately make it clear that this is an image that you found from this feed, because I don't know if you've noticed on Instagram, sometimes there'll be, you know, your image will be there and then there's a caption and then you scroll down, they keep putting those little dot, dot, dot. And then the, you, the person who took the photos way at the bottom. Yeah, of course. Or there's no reference to the organizer who organized that space in the caption at all. I've even had situations many, many times where not only am I not tagged, they have put their own location in the location field oh above God. the photo. And I'm like, oh, that kind of crosses a line. It, it makes it appear as if you organize that space because now you're tagging it with your city. And that isn't in your city. That actually happened here. And it was my client's home. And that's my photo that I took. And that's my hard work that I put in. And um, again, it's, it's the, the series that I'm writing on the blog. It's not me over here up on my high horse dictating to everybody or lecturing. It's really genuinely to educate and inform because I think I think new people coming in don't really, new organizers don't really understand that. And maybe they don't have the content built up themselves. I was there once too. Right. I didn't have homes that I could, you know, when I was just building the business, it took a while. Right. Um, but it's important for me to be able to educate and help and share and create a conversation around the topic that um, 
you know, it's not okay to do this, but here's the right, if you need to do that or you want to do that, here's the right way to do it. And um, so anyway, getting back to your main point of the blog post, I mean, I, I do share some more, um, you know, deeper topics on the blog and that's one of them Mm -hmm. that just went up yesterday. So, um, yeah. I think that's really wonderful for people who are more experienced on these platforms or even with blogs to share those mishaps that some of us who are less experienced might be making. And we don't even know it. It's not even, I'm sure some people know what they're doing and they're just doing it anyway. But there, I think are, I'm going to hope that more often than not, it's just the lack (laughs) of of forethought. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's wonderful that you're writing posts like that. And I think our listeners would, would benefit from checking out that series, especially if you're considering honing in on Instagram a little bit more and, and you just, you want to make friends on Instagram. You don't want to make enemies of your fellow organizers. That's right. And it's, it's hard because again, you know, even though it's social media, it's still sort of isolating, you know, you, you go and you put something out, but you're not really engaging one-on-one like face-to-face with that person. So you have to be really careful about how the tone is and you have to be able to really connect and not make it feel disconnected. It's, it's, that's an interesting thing about social media I found. Right. So, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Sam, one last question. And it's a question I ask all, all of my, all of my interviewees. Um, if you could leave our listeners with two sticky notes, something they can write down on a little, on a little sticky note and put up on their office wall or desk wall, it doesn't have to be related to Instagram. Okay. But two pieces of advice that you could give seasoned organizer, new organizer that they can implement into their business this week, this month that can make a high impact change on their business. What would you leave our listeners with? Mm. Wow. That's really good. Um, I would think the first one would be to being yourself, being comfortable with being yourself and infusing yourself and your personality into your business and into your Instagram feed, finding yourself and letting that shine. Because you can, you do, you do you really, really well. So do you number one. Um, number two, I would say it would probably be something about investing in yourself with a little bit of photography, like just spend a little bit of time researching photography, um, and playing with your phone or playing with your camera. I think, um, you may find that it's a lot easier than you think it is. And it's so inspiring. It's really fun to take photos. And so maybe carve out a little bit of time for yourself to spend on that. Because if that's the platform that you're going to choose to focus your time and energy, then photography matters. So spending a little bit of time, you know, 20 minutes on YouTube, watching a tutorial is really helpful, goes a long way. But definitely that number one sticky is important. Do you, because you do yourself really well. Ah, this has been such a great interview and I really appreciate you sharing everything that you've put into your account and your blog and your business with our listeners. A lot of people are very protective of that information. And I think it just shows a lot about you and your character for coming on and, and opening up. So where can our listeners find out more about you? Obviously they can stay connected with you on Instagram. I did share your handle at the beginning, but it's simply organized, but where else do you hang out? So I hang out. Organized blog can be found at simplyorganized.me. That's M-E. Um, and then the new website which is sohomeorg.com. And um, that's going to be more imagery and not so much like I was saying with all the content, but those are the two additional places. And then sometimes I'm on Facebook. I have a simply organized Facebook page as well. Great. But like, you know, we all know, check out her Instagram feed. If you need inspiration on um, ways that your photo can look or ways to adjust the lighting, go to Sam's feed because it's a great place to learn just by just by looking at it. It really, really, really is. So listeners, um, thank you for joining us today. What can you do this week to make a change in your business for the better? Should you start an Instagram account? Should you, I know I've been thinking about taking photography classes forever and I've yet to just 
put that into action. So I'm going to take Sam's advice and I am just going to start doing it because what we do is so visual. And if we can capture it and share it beautifully and clearly on our websites or our whatever platform you're on, just think about how that can tell the story of what you can do for your clients. I think it's super important, whether you're a productivity person or an organizing person, both uh, work well with photography images. So um, I thank you for hanging out with me today. This wraps up this episode of Stand Out. Uh, if you like this podcast, if you're able to walk away with nuggets of inspiration or something valuable, please leave us a review, hit that subscribe button. We want to reach as many organizing and productivity professionals as possible. So in addition, share, share with your colleagues, with your friends, maybe someone who's thinking about this industry. We want to help inspire them to follow their dreams. I look forward to hanging out with you next time. I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning.